0: Good evening, Patriots. It is Tuesday on the West Coast, September 6th, in the year 2022, and it's already Wednesday over here on the East Coast, where y'all, all, all the rest of you live, where I'm now over here. And I'm like, oh man, I'm telling you, these midnight shows, oof, it's something. I almost need a nap before I do them. In fact, I did take one just so we're clear. This is a whole different world being on the East Coast right now. I tell you right now. Hey Patriots, before we begin, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep. Like in in my hotel, they need some my pillows. They actually put six pillows on my bed. Two of them were as big as me, and I'm like, okay, I'm trying to figure out why they did that. But here you go. We need we need some my pillows, like real practical pillows. Those are the pillows that, you know, make a difference.
1: Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank each and every one of you for your support by bringing you the MyPillow that started it all. MyPillow's patented fill adjusts to your exact individual individual needs, regardless of your sleep position, because it works. We've sold over 70 million my pillows. And now I'm bringing it to you for the lowest price ever. For example, you get my standard my pillow now only 1988 with your promo code. Now's the time to get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know, my pillows make the best gifts ever. In the times we're in one thing we all need is getting a great night's sleep. So go to MyPillow.com or call that number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my standard MyPillow for only $19.88. For a more custom fit, my premium queen, only $24.98. Or my premium king, only $29.98. This is a limited time offer, so order now.
0: That's MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. You're going to get all the great savings from there and that's exactly what everybody needs more my pillows one of my favorite quotes was probably of all time is mark twain in the beginning of change the patriot is a scarce man and brave and hated and scorned when his cause succeeds the timid join him for then it costs nothing to be a patriot in this time that quote, really, everybody that has stood hard to this line of no vax, no mask, has literally earned that quote 10 times over. And it's a reminder, really, of the strength it takes to stand and to be alone. And it's going to have to continue. There's, it's that sort of walking in example It helps people find their way. And so much of that, when we walk with Christ, has massive impact that we can't even see. I interviewed Pastor Brad Cummings just before the Bards FM show tonight. I'm going to have it on tonight, probably Friday night. And as I promised you, there's some really good interviews coming up, which I'll get edited in the morning. Dr. Lee Merritt, Mike Lindell, uh, Pastor Bright Cummings, and then there's still a few things left over from the Springfield event, which will happen in the next week or so. But I made a comment, in which you'll hear in that interview, about the hotel I'm at, and I'm in a kind of a swanky place. I I stay pretty much exclusively at Marriotts as I move around. That just comes from years of being at Marriott and earning ten million points or whatever. But. They've added on a new line of hotels that are kind of like their signature hotels or whatever in certain cities. The one I was in in um, Macon, I just came from, is a nice hotel. It was a rebuilding, redoing of an old building, and it's they're nice character hotels, meaning that they're these new line of hotels are in old buildings in the in the city, and they've turned into. Kind of restoring the hotel and bringing back some of the old charm and character, which is pretty neat. This particular one in Raleigh is interesting. It's not the hotel, the hotel's nice. But it was when I walked in, what struck me were the people because it was really, it was all about the image and the look. It was everyone, it's the, it's kind of this new elitist, um, for lack of a better term, everybody wants to be seen. Uh, the bar is kind of central at the in the ground floor of the building. It's, it's a, a look. Everybody's very consumed with themselves in their look and in their image. And it's not really so much a business hotel, which is typically I, I typically stay at places where there's a lot more business focus. This is much more image focus, which kind of as I walked in, I was like, oh, this was a dumb choice. But Brad reminded me of something, and this is why I bring all this story in, because as I'm walking through and looking at this, and I'm going home, the state of America, this is kind of why we are where we are. Brad's comment to, to me tonight was, right, but if we're walking with Jesus, that's opportunity, not frustration. And in spite of the things I've talked about in this trip, which is kind of the focus I've had, fully in full admission tonight when I came into the hotel, all of that slipped out of my mind. I was more consumed, ironically, about me and like, oh, these and these others, which is really a me focus when I say that, rather than realizing that regardless of the choice, every place that we're at, we have an opportunity to walk boldly with Christ and to influence others. I've seen that and witnessed that this this trip in the most amazing ways. And it's the little stuff, and i've I've also talked about it over the last few weeks where you go into a truck stop and and you're just there you're 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 walking with Jesus, and people are smiling at you and and helping you and it's you know I remember when I first said that someone's like, "Oh, you're in the South, except I wasn't in the South." you know I was other states other than the South. That same presence is a lot about our choice. No matter where we are, and it was not in my mindset when I walked in here today. And it made me really reflect. It's like, what would have happened if had I walked in here really asking Christ to shine and be with me? What would have been the difference? Rather than me being and I, I was admittedly tired after eight hours of driving, more focused on getting in my room, parking the truck, or parking the Jeep, getting unpacked. I mean, those were my focuses, which we're going to happen one way or another but in those moments i wasn't putting the focus in the in the mindset on having christ to shine through me and i think a lot of what we do in our life is truly impacted by that we make choices and very often our choices are self-focused doesn't mean that we're intentionally trying to deny christ an opportunity or separate ourselves from god but we get very consumed about our our personal and physical, and we slip from the the path slightly, to where we stop walking with Jesus, and instead are trying to just walk to a point, and then when we get there, we'll catch up and thank Jesus. There's a there's a huge difference, and I to have say seen it actually change before me, I can say that. It really made me rethink even where I'm at tonight and and I will I will re-engage it tomorrow in the in the morning when I go down and grab breakfast. This is I guess back to that simple principle that God is always putting before us opportunities if we choose, and the irony of this even more for me is that this is exactly what we've prayed for on various programs and what I personally pray for, which is to for God to put opportunities before me as I walk to offer, uh, the, to be able to let Christ impact people's lives that may otherwise not encounter that sort of experience in their life. And here I am. And I would say that in that moment tonight as I entered the hotel, that opportunity was missed. It's not, And again, it's not like you're, you're gonna get kicked out on the street with your bags and God's gonna be like, be on your way, son, nice try. But it's very important to keep in mind how in this world, every breath and every step in union with Christ is an opportunity to transform not just yourself, not just ourselves, but others. And we just don't really appreciate, I think, in the walk that we make, the magnitude of the impact that we can make, especially as we walk with Jesus. There are some people that may not know a smile, may not know the spark of light that Christ can bring through us unless we are there and allowing it to happen. And that one little moment may lead them to seek and to to pursue that relationship with Christ in ways we can't imagine. But what we do know, no, no matter what happens, that moment as we walk with Christ and we allow that light to truly move through us, we don't even have to say anything. But what we do know is it will transform and it will change people because that's what Christ does. And that's the power of the power, the power of his beauty and glory through us. So we just kind of start that way because I think it's important that we keep in mind how significant our role truly is. And we read, I have read here many times, Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions, and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. And John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. Both of those center on the principle of a constant, persistent, and intimate relationship with Jesus. It is a walk that is not in any way separate, but is constantly flowing in unison. It's not a compartmentalized relationship where we pray once or twice for the day and go about our things. It's about the every moment, breath, and walk with Christ, and it's that presence, that oneness, that, that very awareness that we are there in the moment with Jesus as we're walking. It brings the, it brings us to a ultimate common to an ultimate peace. When we're in that space, in the Word, in Him. This world out here is literally like a noisy TV that you're not paying any attention to that's at the back of the room that you can you can blank out just by looking or thinking of something else. But when we're not in it, then that noisy TV becomes the center stage in focus. and focus. I'm sitting in this room at a desk and there's a huge, they put these, it's got to be 48-inch flat screens in all these rooms, which I can't stand. And it's off, by the way. It's it looks like a black mirror, which is irony in itself. But there's no there's nothing showing on it. There's no screen. It's just a box and a re, and a semi reflective surface. Turn that thing on. Turn that flat screen, forty eight inch, fifty four inch, whatever it is, on. And suddenly the world changes. Because now we no longer are here. We're in another narrative. We're in another place. And this is what I've argued so much about the purpose of propaganda is that that movie that gets in your head never stops. It just keeps replaying. And the more that we allow those programmings to get in us, those stories literally start to loop around as if they're real stories. And those stories don't contain a living, active relationship with Christ. They contain narratives and conclusions and outcomes that are based on someone else's vision of what the world looks like that we have now accepted in our head. That's ultimately propaganda warfare in a simple sense, is to get into people's minds the images that you want them to loop around that will shape their perception of reality, and will in themselves as a story be inseparable from reality. And so the more that they put in your head, the farther that we get away from the fundamentals of what ultimately Scripture talks about and talks to, which is this walking, living, breathing relationship with Christ and with Father. But how can that be when, for example, and just consider this? In our dialogue of our day, if you think about whether you or other people, the conversations that we have, think of the number of times that someone will bring up an example from a TV show or from a movie as a reference point to laugh about, as a reference point to discuss about, as a reference point of a story that is somehow important in their lives, and yet that's all fiction. That's all made up by somebody. That's not sacred text. It's not history. It's not experiential. It's fiction. And yet it becomes so powerful in itself that that fiction assumes a, so a hold of real estate in our minds. And that real estate is now in many ways in the deep parts of the, our thinking inseparable from a real experience because the experience of the TV carries as much narrative weight as the story of something that really happened. And sadly, sometimes it carries more than a story that really happened. Patrick Henry wrote, there is no retreat, but in submission and slavery, our chains are forged. Their clanking may be heard on the plains of Boston. The war is inevitable, and let it come, I repeat, sir, let it come. It is in vain, sir, to extenuate the matter. Gentlemen may cry peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war is actually begun. The next gale that surveys from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms our brethren are already in the field why stand idle here if life so dark or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery forbid it almighty god i know not what what course others may take but as for me give me liberty or give me death. He wrote that speaking to the Virginia legislature, March 23rd, 1775. Those were words of someone who lived an actual real life. They were words of someone who was engaged in a world of real action, not fictional. They were words of a man speaking passionately from his heart about what it takes and the consciousness and awareness that we have to have in the present to understand what's at stake for what is lost or what is gained. Give me liberty or give me death. In this time, we are facing a very real moment, very much like we did in 1775 and 1776 a government that has now turned on its people, a government that is openly accusing 82 million people of being domestic terrorists. Those are the ones that voted for president Trump. Those are the ones that didn't vote or don't, don't support president Biden. Those are the ones that don't believe in climate change, or at least support the agendas. Those are the ones that are pushing back on the VACs. Those are the ones that are pushing back on the government mandates of masks. And the list goes on endlessly. Oh, and let us not forget those are the ones that believe in the First Amendment and believe in the Second Amendment. But if we allow ourselves to live in these worlds of unrealities, the stories that are played out, what I find interesting going back to the hotel is that much of what I witness I've seen before, but not here, and yet I've seen it. How can that be? Because it's not a vision that I've seen it in. I've seen it in scenes and scenarios on television programs. Cheers, the, movie, the, the TV series was an entire show built around the interactions of people at a bar. It shaped a generation. Here, this bar, this style, you can hear that. You can hear shows like that in your head when you walk around. And I'm not excluding myself because I do, I see it. And people start to role play out instances, whether they realize it or not, that they have been shown in a movie or a TV serial. And this is where things get a little bit crazy because we now have to begin to really ask, are we living in a movie? Patrick Henry was living in the middle of a revolution and was speaking those words to bring reality to the chamber, the legislature, to let them realize that the war is now here. And in so doing, proclaimed that he was willing to give his life, his honor, his sacred fortune for the sake of this nation, to give me liberty or to give me death. As we've moved into this world of the virtual and we've seen the influence of storytelling and movies to shape the reality of those in the present, we already now are, in a very real sense, living in a matrix. And with that and those influences, we are separated farther and farther from God. That's a sad reality. And that is unless we make the intentional choice choice to live and breathe through Jesus in all that we do. Jeremiah six sixteen, thus says the Lord Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths, where the good way is, and walk in it, and find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk in it, because all things are always a choice. And it's a choice even after we accept Christ. It's not now and I'm forever done. I can accept Jesus. I'm good. I'll see you all in heaven. I'm going to go do my thing. That's not what that is. Every day, we can either make a choice to walk deeper and more intimately with Christ, or we can make a choice to fall into the traps of this world. Everything from consuming the, my life around me to living out in some form or another stories that aren't even mine that someone wrote to put in my mind. That's the crazy part. And what I've enjoyed a lot about this trip then is in seeing the real America as I drive around and seeing the active America and encountering and talking to people in real terms and real issues. The news has fallen farther and farther behind, meaning of importance and of value. I'm also not watching TV. And on, a, on the drive, quite frankly, I'm, I have certain, I have listened to blocks of music for the most part though on the drive, I don't even listen to music. If I'm going to have engagement, I'm calling somebody or they're calling me and we're having real conversations. That, to me, is the backbone to resetting everything. And it is a place of accepting that everything that they want to provide for us, movies, s- serials, news, all of these, this programming has no good positive outcome. It is all designed in one way or another to shape and tenor- temper you so that you are more easily conquered. When we take away those influences and we get back to the living, breathing intimacy in our life and that relationship in our daily tasks and doings and that relationship deep with Christ, we are now reviving that true sense of what it is to walk as God's child as a son or a daughter of God. We're not intended to be weak. We're not intended to be compliant. We're not intended to roll over and be willfully ruled by other men. We are intended to be royal, where we have dominion over evil, where we do greater works than he. And I know some people struggle with those two passages. one of the reasons I read them so often. is Because I know there are people that struggle with this and go, well, we, we can't do greater works than Jesus. Okay, except he said we can. I've had people suggest that, Well, that was that was a. It was in context. It's not really intended to be what you're we saying. I've read the context. It does mean what I say. And it does mean just that. It's not what I say. It's what Christ said. So the question is, why are we constantly not embracing that? And I would go back to the influences around us that separate us from the daily basis of the intimate walk with Jesus. Think carefully in your own life, and I, I just put this forth as a challenge as we walk through. How often have you walked into a place and really walked in that place of asking Jesus to walk with you? and then witnessing the impact of how people react to you, knowing that Christ is live and active in your moment of walk and breath. That's, again, those stories I've been telling of the, it's been an, a real refreshing realization to me as to the power it is that we carry with us that we can't necessarily see. I don't know what it might look like. I'm not, not you here going, hey, just a second. I got to grab a mirror to see if I can see that light shining through me. That's not what I'm talking about. But it's there. And you know it's there when you see it on people's faces. And so that leads to yet another challenge, one of my own. I don't, I'm not a big one in liking crowds. I will talk to for crowds. That's not a point. But moving in and around crowds, I'm always keeping kind of a jaundiced eye towards people's motives. Walking into a circle like this, which happens to be like we're referencing tonight's hotel, these people that are hanging out of the bar, these people that are putting on way too much friendly hello lather at the desk of the hotel, trying to over smother you with, well, thank you, Mr. Kesterson, and blah, 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 blah. And I appreciate the courtesy, but there gets to be a point where I'm kind of like, dude, like if you lay it on any thicker, I'm gonna need some boots. But I've missed the point too, okay? And that is that that wasn't why I was there. Sure, I was there to check in, but God didn't have me there for that reason. God had me there just to let them experience the light. And in those moments when I'm looking at how they're looking at me and I'm trying to kind of slink out of there, I'm missing my mission. I'm missing the role that God has me in and that's to me one of the biggest reminders tonight of how quickly we can slip and how essential every moment is those people that I cross paths with tonight I don't know what they saw I wasn't mean but I was I definitely wasn't walking with the intent with Christ and there is a difference and it isn't to say Christ was not with me that's not the point but the intent wasn't there and in so doing the intent not being there i can tell you that there were different i could have had a different impact how do i know that because christ impacts all and if we have the intent many will be impacted our role every day has a mission we are behind enemy lines. We are fighting to secure the kingdom and expand the kingdom. And that means that like a soldier on the battlefield, you never take your eyes off the mission. In this war, there is no retreat from the battlefront. You don't get R&R behind enemy lines. It's everywhere. And for many, it's Overly exhausting. Those are the good days to go into the garden. Those are the good days to sit on the porch or sit in your favorite chair and read the Bible when it gets overwhelming. But it doesn't change what's on each of us, which is the mission. And the mission is to expand the kingdom. And to do that, we have to be present in everything that we do as we do this walk. It's not easy. And I'm speaking from another point of view, which not everybody has shared that experience, which is the experience of war. In a sustained conflict, Vietnam is a good one. Though I was not in Vietnam, the point that I'm going to make is extremely relevant in any war, but very extremely relevant in Vietnam. And that is that the, the battle itself was persistent and constant in Vietnam 24 hours a day. And there was really no, initially there was a front line and then there was rear lines. As the war devolved over time, the front line and the rear line became blurred. Everything, everywhere was a threat because people were every, the enemy had been infiltrated everywhere. That's pretty much where we are here. The enemy's role is to lure people into these traps. One of those is, as I mentioned last night, Christ consciousness which is to draw people into this belief of rising up and becoming the loving person of Christ and pursuing your gifts and talents. But it's very much like eating the buttercream frosting off of that rich and wonderful vanilla cake underneath. But to get to the vanilla cake, it it takes a lot of work. And that's the relationship with Jesus. And it's our acceptance of Christ in our lives that allow us to be reformed and reset. But that's just the beginning. So we are in a time when it's very easy to walk off the path. The influences around us are many and immense. And they're intended to draw us away. But if we're going to be true and honest within ourselves and we want that place with Jesus there, we're going to have to make life changes and we're gonna have to take some focused measures to make that reality happen. For my own walk, sharing with you, it's not enough for me to say that I'm a follower of Christ because what I seek is that deep, relationship like Paul had, what Peter had. And that is going to, it requires different ways of doing things. It requires that we separate from much of the influences that are designed around us to sink us. It requires that when we, for myself, like when I embed myself in the daily news to do a podcast, I have to do so almost in terms of compartmentalization. I need to do it, get it done, produce the cast. But I always try to find a way for myself to be able to filter that through the lens of Scripture. And ultimately, I think that's where one of the most important lessons in all of this is, is that we make choices. And the question is, we all we have multiple choices a day, but what is the predominant filter in which we're using in everything? not to blind ourselves, which is one way of using a filter, okay? Because one way of using a filter is rather than to open our eyes, is rather to separate us from and change the nature of what we're looking at to fit a narrative that we want. That's when we get into people that are obsessed about one book over the other or one However, that works in Scripture, we very often find that they, they will be focused on one book to try to take the outside events and lay them on to make them fit Scripture. And right now, it's not hard to do, because what's going on here is, to a large degree, is being engineered to look like Revelation. Is it Revelation? I would only say this, only God knows the timing. I doubt that He's going to be advertising the date and time of events of His return, as I just, I've had people ask me recently. But that's, that's being influenced by them. If our eyes are open and we're truly walking with Christ, Scripture becomes not only the, the beginning and entry point, it becomes the beautiful narrative that unfolds in layers well beyond just the words. And it gives us a plurality of looking at things that keeps us in the world of discernment as well, being able to separate out the lies and the confusion. And that line with Christ is boldly straight. It is, it's like a laser. In spite of the twists and turns through the mountain caps and the t- steep hills that we climb on this path, that walk with Christ is like a laser burning its way along the, way, along the fields ahead. And what's it showing us? It's showing us discernment. It's showing us to stay away from the lies and to navigate through them. But it's also showing us just how powerful and brilliant that light is that in its own presence wakes people up. That's the eyes on Christ. Imagine if a nation literally did that. Imagine if this nation literally did that. That as the majority of the nation, and we're not quite there yet, by the way, but as the majority of the nation was to sit down and start on its knees to look, put its eyes on Christ and to simply say, Father, we will follow wherever you need us to go. That is a profound moment for a nation. And in that sense, we can see this nation turn around almost instantaneously. But that takes a true shift in everything that we do. And I mean everything. And I don't exclude myself from that because for us to increasingly live with the moment in Christ, to live there in the present at all times, living and breathing, means that we all must make changes and adaptations to what that looks like. This trip has been amazing on those levels. Amazing to witness, as I mentioned the other night, the roadmap that goes back, not the roadmap that goes forward. The roadmap that goes forward is really the atlas for the GPS. That's what's taking us to a destination. But it's not taking us to an end. That destination is the next point on the trip. But the map doesn't make sense until you stop for a moment and you turn your gaze back to where you came from. And as then we look then and we start to seek why we were there, especially as we're living through a journey that we're trusting in God to place us places. And we're trusting in God to guide us in each of the places that we go both. Then when we look back on that map, there's always a clarity that doesn't happen in the moment when we're there, but it becomes exceedingly clear as we step back and give it perspective. Bottom line is God has us where he needs us and he's using us appropriately for his plans. Where things get really messy is when we decide that we know better or we decide we don't really care whether what God does or not or we just pursue things going forward on our own will. The entire aspect of all of tonight's show comes down to one word, trust. One word, trust. And that trust is the deep trust, the intimate trust that we give through Christ to the Father. A trust that allows others to see and witness the love that we pursue and seek within Christ A trust that our presence as we do that literally does change the world, and it does. A trust that where we arrive and where we're going and what we're doing that God leads is perfect by his design. And a trust to such a magnitude that it centers on our deep pursuit of a perfect relationship with God. These are truly amazing times in which we live. Times that transform, times that awaken. And I personally would not want to live in any other time but this. And the step off for us really isn't that hard or that far to walk into that deeper place with Christ. But it does require for us to reorder and to refocus a number of things. We have to be willing. And able in our minds, and in our emotions, in our heart, to walk away from the accumulation of things that we have built around us as walls and empires that have kept God out. That's there is a part of that that's deeply woven into the story of the young rich man, the parable that Christ, when the Christ had the interaction with the young rich man. So be very focused on what controls you. Settle in your heart that you can leave it all. Put your eyes on Jesus. Breathe, relax, focus, and live in the moment. And walk without fear. It's a fairly easy model. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight as we do each night and as we are humbled each night, the ability for us to come together in fellowship. And so, Father, tonight, as we've reflected deeply on a simple concept, trust, but the complexities and the depths of what that word actually implies are massive. Let us find deep and unlimited trust in our life, in our walk with you. Let us stay focused on that walk in the purity of the breath with Jesus, let us hold ourselves and be accountable in our hearts to all that we do willfully, and let that loving intimacy with our relationship with Christ grow boldly, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name, amen. There is no greater walk, I think, than where we are at and what we are trying to do. I'm going to read a quote from George Washington to kind of close out tonight. This was written in his in his address to the Continental Army before the Battle of Long Island on August 27th, 1776. The time is now near at hand, which must probably determine whether americans are to be free men or slaves whether they are to have any property they can call their own whether their houses and farms are to be pillaged and destroyed and themselves consigned to a state of wretchedness from which no human efforts will deliver them the fate of unborn millions will now depend under God on the courage and conduct of this army. Our cruel and unrelenting enemy leaves us only the choice of brave resistance and the most abject submission. We have, therefore, to resolve to conquer or die. No truer words spoken and... No- Few more appropriate than in this moment in which we live now. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then, or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.
2: All this time we had to prove
3: that we could stand here too. All the night's been pushing through. Fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something. Oh, I can see it now, I can see it now We're on the edge of
2: a moment But not a fight that we're diving in The light up ahead. we're running to it We're on the edge, now we're diving in Stay away
3: You'll see that every broken dream fit together flawlessly, paved the road to better things. Letting go of the moment that could only keep us down. I can see it now. Can you
2: see it now? We're on the edge. Of a moment, been over by the Now we're diving in. The light up ahead, we're running too late. We're on the edge, now we're diving in.
3: Sits down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow. Oh, you're an island when the world's too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same.
2: Resting
3: on this face. When your soul lands is caused far away, mind we run away sometimes when belonging becomes something to find we always come back to what we know keep it close on the cold days darling counting all the ways where you are a safe place to hide from the rain